I'm Jonathan Polevsky, and it's my pleasure to interview Manuel Barueco for these podcasts. Okay, uh, Sean Samimi asks you, how can students use competition to their advantage rather than getting distracted with many negative effects that other people focus on? Uh, I've noticed that many students avoid competition just because either they're afraid of being criticized or they were disappointed when they did not advance and they start to completely become against the whole idea. Some scholars even research the negative effects and consider the competition environment and its pressure harmful, but considering the professional lifestyle of a musician, there are a lot harder challenges, like eating, um, to sustain a career as a musician. Am I right? So let's talk about your thoughts about competition and um, uh, this is something, obviously, you did in your early days. Uh, in, as uh, I only did one. You, I you mean, did, a guitar well, competition, right? I, only, I only did one. You did the one in Toronto. Right. And, and then, and then uh, I did do the, the concert artist skill also. But, but I, I don't know if that was a competition. It seemed more like auditions. I guess it was, you know. But the guitar, I only, I only did it once, and I, and, I, and I told myself never again. How many of you judged? And, and that was I don't a, do many at all. And that I, was, by the way, uh, just coming, the guitar is 74? 75. 75. And that was uh, um, you and Sharon Isbin, I think, were in the top two. Is that correct? Uh, Sharon won the competition, and right. then I was in second place with David Leisner, tied right. in second place, and Elliot Fisk was in... I mean, a lot of people that that's became a, famous later. So that was a big year. I believe it was the first time that Brower was playing in, in North America, I think. And, uh, I mean, aside from the fact that when, you know, when he started in the U.S. as a young man. So, but nobody knew who he was at the time. And, you know, and so that made a big impact. But I think the whole thing, the whole Guitar 75 in Toronto became, you know, in my mind, it's kind of legendary, the whole yeah. festival. I wonder who plays you in the movie. <laughs> Gonna have to be somebody like uh, Brad Pitt, ah, right. somebody extremely, <laughs> somebody extremely good looking. It would be a great movie, don't you think? I mean, it it would be. Really I actually never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be really. I don't fun. think we'll sell too many tickets to that yeah. one. Uh, okay, so the competition. Yes, let's focus. Sorry. Uh, I have to say that that when I when I told myself I would never do it again, I'm not so sure that it was a uh, a good decision on my part. And I think if I had to do it all over again, I would probably probably choose a, a certain period of time that I would do some competition and decide which ones, and then and then go ahead and do them, and then then that's the end of it. I think what one has to be careful with is is that the competition does not mold the player. I mean, what what I tell what I tell students that I, that, that I've had have gone to competitions is you know. You have to to take the road that you want to take, what you want to do, you know, you know, musically, artistically, what you want to do, and you go there and and you know you do the best you can with that. But I I have never, I will never tell a student to to change their playing because of what somebody in, you know in the jury you know may think. I th I think that ultimately that would be a mistake. You know, I, I do think though there are certain pieces you have a better chance at winning with than with certain other pieces. Well, I think certain pieces might might, might make a, a better impression. And I, but you, if I have a student, you know, that would do this, I would tell you know, first of all, you had you you need to pick the repertoire that you do well, mm -hmm. and you should show show off who you are well, and you know, a variety and and so on, and good pieces and. I mean, I, I think everything that you do, even the pieces that you that, that you choose, I mean, it's going to be a commentary on who you are as an artist. But you also have to you also have to look at 
which competitions you're going to do and who are the judges, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Who are the judges? And and, uh, and that's that's where it can get hairy sometimes, you know? I, I don't know of too many competitions in the guitar world or... or I'm not even sure there is any yet that was gonna it's gonna make a big career for for anyone. You know, uh, I think some people are trying to do that. And I hope they succeed with that. I think it'd be a great thing, you know, to have that. But I have mixed feelings. I think I think if you are if you are an exceptional talent, I think you have to be careful how how you present yourself. Somebody once told me, an agent told me that when you go to play in in a country. It makes such a big difference how you enter the country, how you present yourself in that country. Obviously, if I go to play, you know, in, in Greenland, you know, <laughs> and I go in and you see me for the first time in Greenland in a big hall, you know, with many people, or you see me in a small hall that's half empty, it's going to make a different impression on the public as to who I am as uh, as an artist of my career. So I think it is important to to take care of that aspect, how, how you are presented, you know. If you're an amazing talent, if you're an exceptional talent that's going to go to a certain place anyway, you have to see, in my opinion, what effects certain competition is going to have in, in your development, in the place that you're going, you know, that, that it, doesn't, it doesn't end up hurting you. My impression is these days in all... Uh, it used to be if you won the Tchaikovsky competition, you had a career. It used to be if you won the Van Cliburn, you had a career. I'm talking about, you know, piano and violin or the Queen Elizabeth, you had a career in violin. Uh, today, I don't think it's the road to having a career. Uh, to do the competition? Yeah, I don't think it's the road to having a career. Uh, the, I think there are too many competitions, I think, is the, is the, is the, the problem, essentially. Yeah, but also, 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 years ago, if if you won the Van Cliver and the Tchaikovsky, I mean, that probably meant that you would probably end up having a recording contract as well. Right. Probably, you know, which and at that time the record companies had all these powers, and it could make a career. I mean, if there was, if there was a competition like that, if there was a competition like that, you know, in the guitar world, that would do that, and and you know, and I, and I knew of an exceptional player, I, I, by all means, but still. I would say you got to you got to play the way that you know the way that you believe you know, mm. what you believe in don't, don't I mean if you're going to play it differently you know just because of the judges I mean who are you then Absolutely you know who are you as an mm -hmm. artist you know it's no I don't, I don't I guess what you're saying is you want you you stand for something in the competition you stand for something Yeah uh, and maybe I'm being you know stupidly idealistic you know yeah. I mean some you know some people might have a more perhaps a more realistic thing and, and say well you know you could still have a uh, a great career and and not be in, in a great artist, which is actually true. I mean, you know, to to have a great career, to be very famous, to be a great artist, can be and often is two entirely different things. Uh, I agree completely. And there and there have been some wonderful artists who have not done well in competitions, and some people who have won competitions who are boring to listen to. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, as as far as the uh, the negative effect the competition may have, mm -hmm. let, let me give you my 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 ego is going to come through now. You know, but I'll, I'll say it. When I went to the Guitar 75, in Toronto 75, the reason why I went there was because I wanted, I wanted to see Brower. I wanted to see Leo Brower. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I was a kid in Cuba, he was my idol. And, and this was my chance to see him again eight years later. By the way, when I did see him, when I did see him in, in Toronto, I mean, it was also the first person from Cuba that I was seeing again that was going back there. Right. 
So it was really a, a very strange experience for me. Although I couldn't even say goodbye to him. I mean, I, mean, I don't think he realized what was going on through me. It was very emotional for me. Mm-hmm. But this is where my ego comes, came through, which is that that uh, I thought, well, I'll enter the company because I didn't have a cent. I should say I didn't have a cent. I mean, I was, you know, I was very thin, believe it or not, and and it was not because I eat very much. I just didn't have the money to to you know. So with my ego, I thought I'll do the competition. I'm sure I'll win one of the top three pl- uh, prizes, and I'll pay for my expenses that way. Mm, nice. <laughs> okay, I apologize, but that's that's but really you... that's really what happened. So I did, and I know I've, I was really criticized for a lot of things, you know, like the way I looked, you know, because I was just, just I came out to play and had jeans and I know and I had sandals and I, you know I think maybe had no socks on and I had this like Afro hair and and I swear to God, you know, it was just like. It was more stupidity and ignorance in my part than anything else. I remember seeing Elliot Fitz going out to play with with a bow tie, and, and you know, and you know, I'm thinking, what's going on here, you know? So when I did, and in the semifinals, you know, we had to draw a number, and I was number one. So I thought I was the first one to play, you know, and and I just went and I played, and you know, I didn't think a thing of it. Suddenly, for the finals, it became a competition mm-hmm. for me, and then suddenly, you know, I had heard some commentaries about you know, some of the other players, and suddenly I was feeling very competitive towards some of these people, you know, and I didn't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. I really hated that, having that. And I, it's one of the times in my life that I've been the most nervous. I mean, when I played in, you know, in the final, my hands were shaking, my hands were shaking, you know, wildly. I don't even know how I hit the notes that I hit, you know. So, um... Have you ever talked to Sharon about it? Uh, I don't know if we have. An, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's anything to to talk from my end of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I think what happened there was was uh, was beyond all of us. It's not. I don't think it's anything that that that, that we did. I, I, I never had any any bad feelings. To I mean, I just saw it as as we we were young people doing the competition, and whatever happened, you know, had nothing to do with us anyway. Interesting, you know. Yeah, I'm so, telling you, there's a movie. No, but it's funny because some people have assumed that therefore I would have certain bad feelings, and I don't. None whatsoever as far, you know, as far as that's concerned. Sean has a bunch of other questions for you. Um, and actually, you know, oh. if I can say this also, I feel, I feel like, you know, because I think it's a nice thing and probably more likely to happen in the guitar world, the fact that also that I, that I, f- I have friendly feelings and I'm friends with most of these people in my, in my generation, you know. I mean, uh, I really do, and I, ha- and I think of a lot of them as friends and, you know, and, so that's a, that's a good thing. You have good colleagues. That's a nice thing. I agree. Okay, so more questions from Sean. Um, some classical music you adore. Oh, God. Let's say can, five? Can you think of five I don't five know pieces? if I can. You know, I, honestly, I don't know. If... Just off the top of your head. I'm th- I, I don't know why. Well, now, this off the top of my head, I'll tell you what comes to, 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 to mind. Somehow the Goldberg Variations comes to mind. Mm-hmm. The Chacon comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Nights in the Gardens of Spain comes to mind. Nice. Uh, Who's the pianist? Alicia Rocha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what else. Okay, we talked about... Let's... I, you, know, you know, actually, you know, I should say that, that I didn't grow up... I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's okay. Um... I didn't grow up with classical music. My, my family didn't listen to classical music. So what I did was, even as I was a student at uh, Peabody, I'll tell you, like, one of the most, most memorable experiences. I remember buying the, the, the box of, of the four Brahms symphony. 
I didn't even know what I was listening to. I just kept putting it on and on. At Peabody or in Cuba? No, no at Peabody. At Peabody. I, I was already oh. there. And I remember just listening to them, you know, over and over again. And I remember having the experience or having the species just revealing themselves to me. And also, like, like the Schumann symphonies as well. Who's recording to the Brahms? The Brahms was um, Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And, um, Steinberg, maybe? Steinberg, yeah. Steinberg, yeah. Steinberg. Nice. Well, the, I, I f- forget what the Schumann ones were, but but that, that was it. Was an ex- amazing experience because it was just it just it just because I wanted to I wanted to know them. I wanted to 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 discover them in, in a way, and 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 they did slowly but surely that, that you you know you begin to understand them and you you begin to hear all this beauty, and having talking about you know some of the music that that I adore, I would say that the some of the symphonies and I, I forget the numbers. You know, not the first one. Not that I don't like it. I don't know if it's the third or the fourth one. That of I the Brahms? Yeah, uh-huh. and the second one, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I mean, now I'm thinking, the, like, the Emperor Concerto by mm-hmm. Tommy. I mean, the Violin Concerto by Tommy. I mean, you tell me just what comes off the top yeah, of my absolutely. head. I mean, that's, yes, yeah. In yeah, the yeah. guitar? The if you fir- like. In the guitar, you know, the the, the uh, I remember the first time I heard Takemitsu. The, it was Folios. And I thought it was some of the most beautiful things I have ever heard in my in my life. You know, I remember David Tenenbaum played it for me. It was in Manhattan School of Music and played it for me as friends. I mean, mm-hmm. David and I were friends, not that, you know. And uh, I just thought it was one of the most beautiful things I had ever heard. I remember the first time I heard that on Wines also. Hmm. Nice. I remember this was in Cuba and there were, nobody had any records anymore. They couldn't find anything. And I remember going to a friend's house and I remember hearing the Yepes recording and thing matching the sound of the guitar with orchestra. I thought it was the most beautiful thing I had heard. This is the Aranwas. Yeah. 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 I remember yeah. that recording really well. I remember that yeah, just being so beautiful. Mm. You talked a little bit about this. Um and we talked about how the the just the tactile beauty of of recordings and oh, and LPs. Uh so you talked a bit about the Brahms, uh, a bit about Yebis. What about popular recordings? I guess the Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't guess, I mean, I, I, it is, I mean, I, I knew, when I was in Cuba, it was prohibited to, to listen to the Beatles. And if you, if you were listening to rock music, I mean, they would come in and take the records and I don't know what they would do to you. So I only remember a couple of times hearing a couple of songs sort of like hiding in somebody's house, you know, and it sounded weird. It was, I think one was the hardest night or mm-hmm. I remember listening to, I want to hold your hand, but the thing is, I mean, I I know, I know like every single song that they, they they've recorded. I mean, they came out in they came out in actual in actual piece. I mean, I knew all the albums. I mean, I still, I remember going to to oh because I, we came in '67. So by right. that time, I forget what was coming out. I think it was um, Sergeant Magic, Peppers. Yeah, Magical Mystery Tour maybe. Uh, Sergeant Peppers maybe was Sergeant, out already, or they were coming out. It would have, Sergeant Peppers would have been right around that time. Magical Mysteries were maybe the year before, something yeah. like that. And uh, and also because I think there was much you know to learn from them and the concept uh, album and how each recording each record was different. Robert Soul from from Revolver from you know from Sgt. Pepper Magical Mystery Tour Abbey Road. I mean I think is unbelievable beauty in that in that recording. What about Cuban music? Growing I up, I listened to a lot of Cuban music. Also, uh, as, I mean I listened to everything. Anybody but, in particular? Uh, there is there is an old woman, well she's not old she's dead, but when she recorded her name is Maria Teresa Vera, and she sings a lot of 
old Cuban songs that are really very artsy. It's very artsy music. And she used to sing accompanied by by uh, her son. She would just be sitting like in a rocking chair. She didn't have like a beautiful voice. It was probably sort of like a female version of Louis Armstrong, the Cuban, you know, female Louis Armstrong or something like this. You know, and her son, I don't know if he was playing a guitar or the, tre I think the guitar or the tres, you know. And I think she's, it's angelical what she does. Hmm. Anybody who listens to that music, that recording will be, will fall in love with it. I'm hmm. telling you, it will be anybody from any place in the world. Sort of like with the Brand Symphony with me, you just have to listen to it. And, and, and it's just, it's music of really great beauty. Hmm. Nice. But I like all kinds of music and all, I mean, I even, you know, dance music. I don't dance really, but, but I like it. What's in the car musically now? I don't really have anything in the car. The car is my 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 office for listening to things. Usually, if somebody sends something, I probably yeah. will, you know. So I I don't mm -hmm. I, I don't. Interesting. As you can tell about my my you know, what I have in the. <laughs> no, actually, it's, it's really functional. What I if I carry something with me, it's because it's something I want to listen to. I need to listen to it. It's sort of like work related but it's not very often that i just put music like just to enjoy it but it's usually there's a purpose behind it mm -hmm. sounds weird but i think it's i think it's true no if not i listen to the radio and, and be surprised by what, what comes on and listen to you and you're very kind but, um uh sean asks about underrated works or composers people who you would like to see heard more people you would like to hear more Works you'd like to hear more off the top of my head? Yeah, I think I think Scarlatti is an underrated composer. Mm. I think you know, now going back to 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 music that I adore, I think I think some of the more beautiful Scarlatti sonata I think are exquisite on guitar or keyboard. Either, Either one, way. as long as it's Either played way. well. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I th I think it's really exquisite music. You know. But a lot of music from that time, I guess I like a lot of Baroque music, but I like I like everything. I like classical. I mean, I could have mentioned also Mozart before, but for music like Couperin, for example, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's just beautiful. Underrated in, I'm, I imagine he, he means in the guitar, though. Mm, Maybe could not. be, yeah, underrated guitar pieces. I don't know if I think of, I think what, what could be happening now, is that we might go back to appreciate some things that we didn't before. You know, I I think it's going to happen if it's not happening already with somebody like Tedesco. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he wrote a lot of really beautiful pieces for the guitar. I just heard the Tedesco sonata. It's a fabulous it's piece. It's a beautiful piece of music. Fabulous piece of music. Beautiful piece yeah. of music. I, yeah, and works incredibly well in concert. It's a joy to see live. Yeah, yeah it's a great... I, I would mm -hmm. be... I think that's a... That would be a that's a great example, I think. Yeah, and I, and I think because because nowadays composers are writing more music that is more accessible. Or some composers, it it is allowing us to look at somebody like like Tedesco and take it for what it is. And if you just take it for what it is, I mean, there's really some beautiful things in there. Uh, concerts, live music performances you attended, any genre that are completely memorable to you. <laughs> off the top of your head off the top of my, you know what I'm thinking head. I never go to any rock concerts and I went one time to see um, I was mean to one of my daughters and uh, she, she loved uh, Aerosmith mm -hmm. and I took him I took her to, 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 to hear them you know 
You know what? I, what I will never forget is how loud the thing mm-hmm. was. I mean, it hurt <laughs> to be there. It was really. I mean, it was painful, physically painful to be there. Yeah, that was memorable for that reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what about good memorable? This is why earplugs were invented, by the way, for daughters and for oh. concerts with daughters. Well. I saw one time in also in Every Fisher in New York with a Cleveland orchestra, I saw Horacio Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. He's also like me, he's Cuban. He came here about the same age and and he was playing uh the uh second Prokofiev concerto, which is a piece that that if I if I was a pianist I would want to play that. I mean to me that's that is that is so intense a piece of music that I would love to do it. And you know, I at the end of it, I thought it was amazing the job he he did, he had done, and I thought maybe it was it was me, maybe it was nationalism, you know. Mm-hmm. But it must not have been because the whole place went wild with it, you know. It was it was really great performance of it. This is a great question. When I want to get away from it all, I put uh, put earplugs in and <laughs> <laughs> and go to see Aerosmith. You know, I mean, sadly, I, I really, I don't really, you know, I don't really have much free time, you know, which is something that I resent deeply. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like my, my my time is controlled by other people or other activities. Is there a place you like to go for a vacation? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I bought a little apartment a couple of, a few years ago now in in South Beach in in Miami, and I, I really enjoy going there. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy it because, first of all, you know, it's it's very cosmopolitan. And there's also, you know, a strong Cuban element there, which you know allows me to, you know, to connect with the old roots, and also the ocean is there, mm-hmm. and uh, and I love the ocean, and they have great restaurants. I mean, and and actually the New World Symphony is like three blocks away, you know. So it's really there's some art galleries. It's really I really enjoy just going out for walks and going for meals and and to go in the ocean. I really, I you know I adore doing that. Yeah. Nice. This is interesting. A question you wish someone would ask you, and the answer to that question. One of these days, I, w- I really would like to s- to sit down and t- try to figure out how how things happen because I think it's been kind of like a weird story in a way. I mean, I, I mean, I you know, the more I think back, the the more I, I I probably was a rebel in a way, and the people that that I connected with were were rebels in their own right. You know, like like Brower at first or Aaron Shearer later. Th- these were people that were rebels. You know, and you know, and one of these days I should try to figure out what happened, how things got to be the 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 way they became. For example, when I went to the to the uh, to the Toronto competition '75, one big question that I that I had was, are they going to accept me? Are they going to like my 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 work? Because I had been totally isolated from the guitar world, you know, and and I didn't sound like anybody at the time. Mm-hmm. So I kept wondering, are they going to like it? Are they going to reject it? Will they get it? Will they understand it? You know, is it good? You know, so. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Um, okay, lastly, and uh, these are great questions. From, I think Sean has a career in radio, actually. Really? Um, he says, uh, things about yourself you're most proud of. I think, you know, most proud of... I guess that I, that I kept at it. I feel that I got hit pretty hard sometimes, you know. and I feel, I feel a lot of it I did by myself, and I, that's, that's not that I'm ungrateful to people that lend me a hand. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did, you know, but I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, and if you can imagine a little hick from from small town in you know, 
I mean, you're talking about millions of people. I mean, I came from a town that was like 150,000 or something in Cuba, and suddenly you are you are dealing with these people in New York. I, have, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I, when when I had to talk to the agents, you know, or in New York or, or the record people. I, none whatsoever. I didn't have anybody to guide me. I didn't I didn't have anybody that, that was able to help me not make some of the mistakes that, that that I made, and I made really a lot. So I got hit. I got hit pretty hard sometimes, and and. And the only thing that that I'm glad I you know I got up again and, and kept going, but on the other hand, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Right. I had to do it. Right. You know, I mean that, that if I fell back, there, there was nothing to hold me up. So, mm. okay, those are good. These are interesting. Okay, this is from. Uh, in Scotland, in the UK, Richard Callahan, he says, Hi, Manuel. I'm very excited to see you and will be in the UK this year to give a recital in London. I would like to know how many guitars do you own? Uh, out of interest, I would like to know if you have an electric guitar. If so, which kind? And do you ever play it? That's what I want to know. Uh, with so many great young guitar players these days, do you feel that to separate themselves from the crowd, that they should try and focus on one type of music they play best, as opposed to trying to cover the entire repertoire? And what is your, well, guitar competitions we've covered. So let's start with how many guitars do you own? Um, hi, Richard. Um, how many guitars? I'm embarrassed to say that I have too many guitars, you know, and, and part, part part of the reason is uh, is that um, the the first guitar I owned it wasn't until I was about 20 years old, and it was the the '72 Robert Rock that became so famous. But up until up until that moment, I had I had played in guitars that had been lent to me, you know. So um, so in Cuba, guitars were lent to you. In Cuba and in the U.S. as well. In in Cuba the the uh, uh, the the conservatory had had built a guitar that allowed me to use and I know no before that a cousin of mine had lent me a guitar it was a Yamaha mm-hmm. back this is back in, in the sixties mm-hmm. and then the conservatory had had uh, built a guitar there was a local maker that was making nice instruments so they gave it to me to play I smashed it. You so, smashed it. Yes. Uh, and no. can we elaborate on this? I forget. I think I, I put a. I don't know if I was fooling around with some of the kids. I mean, I was like twelve or thirteen or something. You know. Mm-hmm. So they had another one built and they gave it to me. Then when I left Cuba, I had to give it back. Right. When we got to Miami, was that hard? Or, well, or, or, the whole experience so... was. I mean, that that was just one of many things. I mean, it was right. it was it was hard all around. So that was just one of the things that was hard. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know, like I mean, having to, I mean, I I adore the teacher that, that I have mm-hmm. to have to say goodbye to him. You know, to, forever to my to my family, but not knowing, mm-hmm. not knowing. It's turned out to be basically forever, but not knowing. I mean, you know, I'm a big baseball fan, and 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 the, and the team from my hometown was always beaten by by the Havana team. Oh, uh-huh. that year they won. Another uh-huh. year I had to leave. Uh-huh. Well, but you know, you've come to Baltimore, where the baseball team is also always beaten. So we've we've accommodated you. Well, I don't know if I should tell you that. <laughs> You're a Yankee fan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I can't help it. You know, I mean, we want this we, podcast is over. <laughs> I'm turning no, your mic we, off. We settled, you know, then we've settled in the New York, New Jersey area, and 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 the Yankees were the most famous team in Cuba. So I grew up listening, sure. you know, here about the Yankees. So Mel Allen, you heard the broadcasts? Uh, no, no, the broadcasts hearing about them. Okay, you know, because by that time they were not allowed over there anymore. Oh. 
So then we came in Miami and there was, you know, we came without a scent, without an instrument, you know, and somebody there, a friend, Tony Arce, lent me a guitar, you know, and I was in Miami less than a year. Then we, we moved up to to New Jersey and, you know, so Rey de la Torre was another Cuban guitarist, you know, he lent me a guitar, you know, and so I was playing that until until I, I, I met Bob Brock and, and this 72 guitar that has become a famous instrument, you know. So I, I I had heard that that uh, this guy in Miami, Robert Rock. I mean, he was he was in Miami at the time. Was building these great instruments, and everybody was selling their instruments and buying rock guitar. So I I, I caught a ride with the with the, my sister and a friend that were driving there. So I went there, and uh, and Bob, you know, had this this, this this guitar, and I fell in love with it. I thought it was the most beautiful thing I had ever heard in my life. And I said, I want to buy it. And he said, Well, I can't sell you this. This is a yeah. This is my demo. It's an experiment. Huh? You know, but I'll build you one. I said, no, 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 that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I got it for a special price. You know, he took like $100. So I think he paid $400 for the guitar. Oh, wow. But, you know, Unbelievable. So, so Manuel. So, <clears throat> so anyway, I, I, I tell you, but I do, ha I do have, and I'm going to say a couple, but it could be more than two. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, I, I have a couple of Diamond guitars. I have, have a couple of rock guitars. I have a couple of Ramirez guitars as well. Is there anything you'd want to buy? So uh, like around 10, maybe? I have, I have also a Friedrich, also a guitar. Anything you'd want to buy? That I want to buy? Yes. No. Why? No. Guitar specifically? Yeah. Well, see, a lot of these things happen because, because mostly because it's hard for me to get rid of them. You know, it's not necessarily because I want to have this many guitars, you know. It's just that, you know, like, what am I going to get rid of? The 72 rock, you know, and, and then there's a couple that I've had through the years, and, I, you know, and I, and, and I kept them, you know, and the same thing with the, the diamond guitars and... So that's really the the, the big reason. It's not like I'm not a collector, but I guess I've turned out to be one mm -hmm. in a way, but not unintentionally. Do you have an electric guitar? I have two electric guitars, but they're not really electric guitars in the traditional sense. You're smiling because you're thinking like, what is it? It's called Castle or something? No, no, no. No, I have I have a Godin guitar, this mm -hmm. MIDI guitar, you know, electric, you know, because I have this idea of being able to. Uh... Actually, I have three. <laughs> <laughs> But they're not really guitars. This Kodan, I had, I had this. I wanted to be able to, uh, to be able to play it and have the computer write it, write it out. But I uh -huh. never could figure it out. So, so it's sitting there. Okay. And uh, I have also a Taki Mini. Mm -hmm. You know, and the, and that grew out of having played these these concerts. You know, in, in like this stadium, like twenty thousand seats. You know, something that, and and I thought it would be good to have one because. We couldn't amplify my normal guitar loudly enough with an external mic. Interesting. And the yeah. third one? What's well, the third, third one is one of those. What are they called? Silhouette or something like oh, that. Yeah, but yeah, I, don't use it. I, I didn't use the the uh, the electric part of it. I just use it to to you know to practice. You know. Do you use it in airports? Do you take it with you? A couple of times, mostly mostly at home or if, you know maybe in like in car rides. Sometimes uh -huh. in the car, I've used it a lot. Interesting. This was before the Lexus thing too. Yeah, uh -huh. right. I remember the Lexus thing. Yeah, but before that, I used to practice in. in uh, I mean, there was a period of time in my life that it was back and forth in New Jersey Turnpike. You know, which it was like three hours each way. And if I didn't practice there, I was not going to practice anywhere. So, right. You know, there was a there was a great uh, satire made of not well, sort of that commercial and commercials of that type where they had a rabbi doing a circumcision. I never saw it. I heard it about was the it. funniest thing. It yeah. was really great. Okay. Oh, so so uh, do you believe in specialization or do you believe in generalization in terms of repertoire? Uh, I don't really believe in either one. I mean, I think it's it depends on what's inside of you. What what you know? I think you have to do what what you do best. 
And if it happens to be that 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 you know you you know you are you can do a variety of things, let that be it. If it's being specialized in an area, let that be it. Now, having said that, I mean I think it's it's only been in in recent years, you know, that that there is enough repertoire has been uncovered and created that one can actually specialize. And you have a number of people specializing, like in modern music, in guitar or or uh, 19th century music. And but before, like. When I when I was growing up, I mean that that music was not really available, and to be specialized was not really practical. So you know, if somebody wants to specialize in an area, if they believe in that, that's that's what their calling is. If that's what they're good at, do it. I mean, certainly stay away from what you're not good at, and and put forth you know your your best assets and what you do best. You know. Well, Manuel, I want to thank you for uh, answering all of uh, the various questions, which were really perceptive. Thank you very much. Thank you for doing this. I very appreciate it. It's been a real pleasure for me too.